Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled The Real Jesus. Today's subtitle is Count the Cost. Oh, my Lord, Count the Cost. Don't you know that there is a price to pay to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? The world does not want you to know it, but it is true nonetheless. On today's broadcast, we're going to continue to talk about the biblical Jesus. That's right, the Jesus of the Bible, not the social Jesus and all the other fakes and phonies that are out there. Remember, the Bible says that that in the last days, many will arise and say, I'm Christ. There'll be a lot of fake Jesuses around there. But let me tell you, there is a real Jesus. And that's the one that we're talking about today, straight from the pages of the Bible. So grab a neighbor and let them know that Kingdom Rock Radio is on the air and today they will be marvelously blessed. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And don't forget that you are welcome to come and join us anytime on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at 180 Hilton Road in Brendan, Georgia. I would be so glad to have you. I really would. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Count the Cost, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Jesus, this would be part number two. And I'm so grateful to be back with you um, on this week. Last week, you know, I was in, uh, we were, my wife and I were in Madison, Mississippi, had a wonderful time there. And uh, the CDs also are available from that service over there on the table. I would uh, urge you all to hear it. As a matter of fact, Pastor Armstrong said, tell the congregation they need to hear it. So praise the Lord. You need to hear it. I think it's going to really bless you. It's entitled, Who Are You? You really do need to know who you really are. You really do need to know who you are. Amen. All right. Luke 14, <clears throat> Luke 14. And uh, we're going to start here. I'm going to read actually verses uh, 25 through 35. And then we'll go on uh, today. Here again, we're speaking from the subject or rather the series titled The Real Jesus. And today's subtitle we'll get to in a moment. All right. Verse 25, I'll be reading to you today out of the King James Version, and it reads like this. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple." And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and follow after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? Least happily, after he hath laid the foundation and uh, is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going uh, to make war against another king said, if not down first and counseleth uh, whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that, that cometh against him with 20,000? 
or else while, while the other is yet a great way off, uh, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth um, conditions of peace. Verse 33. So likewise, I want you to see this. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its, his savor, wherewith, wherewith shall it be salted? Rather, seasoned. Wherewith shall it be seasoned? Verse 35, uh, it is neither fit for the land uh, as a fertilizer, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it down, rather cast it out. Uh, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. We'll be speaking from the subject today of count the cost. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, count the cost. Count the cost. We've been endeavoring to look at the real Jesus uh, from the point of view of the scriptures from the Holy Bible. We're not talking today or in this series about the cultural Jesus or one that uh, is passed down from generations. Because there, understand something, there is a difference between the cultural Jesus and the Jesus of the Bible. Amen. It seems like everybody knows Jesus, but they really don't know him. Amen. Remember, there's a thing uh, called today, uh, there are many Christians, many people that say that they're Christians, but they don't follow Christ. How is that possible? I'm a Christian, but I don't follow Christ. So understand something. We're talking about the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of the Holy Scriptures. Many people say, well, I know Jesus, uh, and this is what Jesus is like, and Jesus won't mind if you do thus and thus and so and so. Things that are contrary to his word, all together outside of the box of his word. But they don't understand the real Jesus, who Jesus really is in Scripture. So we're going to endeavor to uh, see the Lord in Scripture. And today, this is one of those Scriptures. The Lord Jesus is both lion and lamb. Lion and lamb. You can't confuse the two. He is both lamb and lion. So we're going to look at the Scripture today. So let's go back up to Luke 14, and we'll start here. And we're going to show you a few things, and then we'll go further. Luke, uh, again, Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 25. And it says, there went a great multitude with him. A lot of people uh, seem to be following Jesus. And Jesus turned unto them and said, said unto them, if any man come to me, if you come to me, and what? Hate. Hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, the word disciple here means follower. It means a uh, pupil. It means a learner. And the word hate here talks about um, in comparison. In other words, loving, you must love the Lord more than any of, a, any of these other relationships. Hate by comparison. No, God's not telling you to uh, hate like in the worldly sense, saying, I can't stand you, mama. I can't stand you, daddy. I love Jesus. No, he's not saying that. Amen. Because that would also violate the commandments. Yeah. 
He tells you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So we know the Lord is not preaching hatred here. But he's saying that your love for him, by comparison, all others should look to be or be similar to that of hate by comparison. Does everybody understand what I'm saying to you? The Lord teaches that no home love, no earthly affection must ever come into competition with the love of God in your life. It must never come in competition. If home and, and his causes uh, ever collide, home and all that belong to it must be gently put aside and the will of God must take precedence. You understand? So the Lord says here again, I want you to notice this. The Lord said, if any man come to me, he said, if any man come to me and hate not. In other words, it, you must put Jesus in the first place. He must be first in all things. Now, this contradicts with many statements that I hear around church people and some people in the world. I understand in the world, I understand that, but people in church should not make these type of statements. Let me tell you some statements. I've heard this. My kids are my world. I do anything for my kids. My kids are my world. Or I live for my wife and kids. Or I love my family more than life itself. Now, I understand what they're saying, but those statements are out of order. Let me tell you boldly, that's out of order. If you love anything or anyone else more than you love Christ Jesus, your life is out of order. And if your life is out of order, at that point, you are a sitting duck for the attack of the enemy. Because you are allowing the influences of everything else to come in. As a matter of fact, if you put God in this rightful place in your life, it is his love that your children actually need. It is his love that your wife needs. It is his love that your husband needs. It's his love. Human love is fickle. It can love you today and hate you tomorrow. It's easy for mankind to turn their love to hate at a moment. One moment the man says, oh, I love her, I got to have her. Oh, I love her and I got to have her. I can't think of anything else but her. I can't think of anything else. When a man loves a woman, I can't think of anything else. I got to have her, I got to have her, I got to have her, I got to have her. Then once this man finally gets a hold of her, now he doesn't want anything to do with her. How is that possible? That's that human fickle love. The human, human love has no patience. And I tell you mothers and I tell you parents, you say you love your children, well then love them enough to put Jesus Christ first. Because it is their love, it is, he, they need his love to flow through you. You don't have enough patience for your children. You don't have enough patience for your husband. Well, sisters ought to say something right about this. You don't have enough patience for them, but the love of God is full of patience. Amen. 
And so you actually rob them. I was telling a marriage, I was in marriage, marriage counseling with a dear couple, letting them know that, uh, sir, she doesn't need your love. Ma'am, he does not need your love. You both need to get with God and pull the love of God down into your hearts for them. Amen. Say, Father, give me your love for my wife. Let me show my wife your love. Yes. Say, well, how is that true? How is that possible? What does that look like? Well, how does God love you? When you do something wrong, does he call you out of your name? When you do something wrong, what does he do? Does he always invite you in and love you no matter what you've done? He always accepts you. He's always patient with you. He's always kind with you. He's always gentle with you. Don't you think your spouse deserves the real love, the real Jesus? Hallelujah. So let's put our families in order. It's good to love your grandchildren, but don't love them more than Jesus. You put Jesus in the right place. Then you're under the waterfall of blessings and you're getting filled up and you're giving them his love for them. God loved them so much that he gave himself to die on that cross. That's love. That's love. And that's the type of love that your family needs to receive from you. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 That's the type of love that your family needs to receive from you. The love of God that flows through you. Husbands, would you appreciate that from your wives? Wives, would you appreciate that from your husbands? You mean you tell me that my husband can love me like Jesus loves me? Absolutely. You mean to tell me uh, uh, I'm a child and my parents, mommy and daddy can love me like God loves me? Absolutely. Anything else is a ripoff. Hallelujah. So let's get back into the text. Again, the Lord must be first. This is the real Jesus. And Jesus said, by comparison, you've got to hate others by comparison. That is, his love for you must burn brighter than anything else by comparison. Your love for him and love that you have for your family or even things should not be in competition with God. Should not be in competition with him. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. Let's look at another verse and let's consider this as well. Let's go to Matthew 10. Let's go to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew 10. We're going to look at a few verses starting in verse 32. But let me say this again. If home and his causes ever collide, home and all belonging to it must gently be put aside and everything must be sacrificed for the cause of Christ. Or the very thing that you are trying to save, you will lose. What you're trying so desperately to hold on to will slip out of your hands. You and I were built to love with God's love. Not with our own human fleshly love. You limit it. You limit it. It's like you're trying to give someone a drink of water out of a... You're saying, here's my love. I give this to you, this little bottle. 
This little, uh, what is, how many ounces in this thing? This little eight ounce bottle. I'm trying to give this to you. We say, oh, that's so sweet. But what about that waterfall over there? God says, there's a waterfall of love. That's all you got to do. This is sweet. Thank you for giving me this eight ounces, but I really need that. And that can flow through you. It can flow through you. Are you hearing? Say with me. As a matter of fact, touch your chest and say, Father, let your love flow through me. For my spouse, if you're married. Uh, for my children, for my family, for my friends, help me to love them the way Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. That's what they need. They need the love of God that flows through Christ. Now, let's consider this. Matthew 10, Matthew 10, and let's look at verse 32 through 39. Are you still with me? Amen. Listen to what the Lord says. Listen to what the real Jesus says here. Everyone who acknowledges, now I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it reads here, so be aware. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 32 through 30, uh, 39 out of the New Living Translation. It says, everyone who acknowledges, King James says, confesses, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Now, that's a big statement because people think, well, I'll just do this and that. Jesus will understand. Jesus will understand. Jesus will understand. To deny means... Uh, not to choose him above another. You put someone else or something else before him. You can live a lifestyle of denial. This is not speaking of a one-time occasion. Oh, Lord, I know what I'm speaking of. Now you're going to deny me. No, this is speaking of a lifestyle. Do you have a lifestyle of denying Christ? You have a lifestyle of putting work and family and bills and everything else before him? then if that's the case, understand Jesus is not saying, I still accept you. He's saying, I deny you. Now, listen, if you are born of God, your, your salvation, that is, if you are born again, you are saved. Hallelujah. You're, you're born again. You're born of God. You're twice born, born once, born once of your mother's womb and born once uh, again of the, of the spirit of God. Your salvation is intact. It is, it, it is secure. But what happens is if you as a born again believer live a lifestyle of denial for Christ, what's happening? You are denying the source of your provision. If you live a lifestyle saying no to Christ, what about all those prayers that you're praying? If you're saying no to Christ in the earth, the Lord is also saying no before his father in heaven. He said, if you deny me on earth, I'll deny you in heaven. If you acknowledge me on earth, say yes to me on earth, I'll say yes to you in heaven. If you live a life of constantly saying, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, but you expect him to say, yes, son, yes, son, yes, son, yes, son, you are horribly deceived. 
Again, this does not mean that you won't be uh, getting into heaven, but I tell you that your rewards will be far less than you dreamed that they would be. Are you hearing? So don't live your lives denying in denial of Christ because what you do here is reflective of what's happening up there. God wants you answering my prayers. Why are you saying no to me? Well, son, why are you saying no to me? 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 I have no time for you, God. Well, I have no time for you. Are you hearing? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Talking about the real Jesus. Are you hearing? Our lives as born again believers are to be lived in submission to his will. Submission to his will. And I'm telling you, if our lives are not in submission to his will, we need to repent. We need to be shaken and put things back in proper order. Are you hearing? There's no such thing as a born again believer saying, I have no time for God. We should all be in a deep sense of gratitude because he saved our sorry souls from a burning hell. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all sit with me today. You know that you were were bound to hell. You know that you messed up. You know that you've sinned. You heard the devil knocking on your door. But yet and still, he saved you. He redeemed you. He set you free. And we can't clap our hands and thank him. We can't raise our hands and praise him. We can't live a life of service to him. Something's wrong. We need to be awakened. One man says we need a check up from the neck up because something is wrong. Are you understanding? Talking about the real Jesus. So the Lord said, if you deny me, well, I'll deny you. You reap what you sow. But I thank the Lord for his loving kindness and tender mercy that I can still go before him and I can repent and I can confess my sin and he can wash all that away from me as wash my sin away from me as far as the east is from the west. He can cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. And he'll take me in. Hallelujah. We're still in relationship. See, when you're born again, when you're born, let me tell you this. When you're born of God, sin does not disrupt your relationship, but it will disrupt your fellowship. Let me give you this example. Uh, my son is born to me. He is my son. Nicholas is my son. I'm pretty proud of the little man. He is my son. Let's say he does not, let's say he disobeys dad and does something wrong. He does something wrong, but he will still be my son. The relationship is unhindered. However, the fellowship may be. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? 
parents to fellowship. You say, mm, there's something funky between us now. There's something not right between us now. If you are indeed born of God, born again, born of the spirit, you've received Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says that old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. The relationship is secure. But the, but the fellowship between you and God can get funky. The fathers can say, you know, I love you. Come to me. But we say, well, Lord, I don't know if I can come back to the house because I don't know what I don't know why you feel about me. I don't know. I messed up. And, and you feel all this dirt and grime on your soul and the fellowship is disrupted. But that's why just like the prodigal son, we got to go back to the father's house, confess your sins before him and he will fully restore you. He will restore the fellowship. The intimacy, the intimacy. But see, there are those people who call themselves Christians that have never received Christ. They just submitted to the religion, quote unquote, but they've never received Jesus as Lord. They never entered into relationship with him. Remember, remember, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. So if you have relationship with him, you still have relationship with him, but the fellowship can get messed up. And how do we get restored? Through confession and going before him, talking to him about it. Tell him about it because he already knows. He already knows. Another thing that really gets to me as we get, uh, get back into the text, I hear people sometime, you know, if they're out there smoking or if they're doing something else, uh, they say, oh, it's preachers coming, preachers coming. <laughs> sort of hurry and put it behind your back. The preachers come, preachers coming. I, and I understand the respect that you want to give, but understand something. God was there when you bought it in the store. Amen. He was there when you lit it. When you, uh, you know, whatever piped it or, or what, what have you, what, what it may be, when you liquored it up or whatever, when you shoot it, snort it, root it or, uh, or whatever, he was there when all that happened. What I'm saying to you, don't give more honor to a man than you do to God. If we give more honor to God than we did to the man of God, the church would be so much better off. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. All right, let's look further now as we begin to close. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Look at verse 34, talking about the real Jesus. Say the real Jesus. Listen to what verse 34 says. He says, don't imagine. King James says, think not. Uh, here again, out of the New Living Translation. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. What? I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law uh, against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be, will be uh, right in your own household. Wow. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means the word of God is a divider. 
there'll be certain ones in your own house that will love Jesus. And if you have a household where mommy, daddy, and children love Jesus, and you're all under the covering of the Spirit of God, then rejoice. Hallelujah. Then rejoice. But if your family's not completely in alignment with Christ, then we need to pray. Because the word of God is a divider. One will say, well, I want to go to the club tonight. No, I'm going to church tonight. What? I want to sip up tonight and have a good time. No, I want to have communion. I got my own wine, communion wine. You got your other thing over there. There's a division between him for the sake of the word of God. Because the one that's following Jesus, the true disciple, will put Jesus first. Are you hearing? Uh, listen what 37 says. It says, if you love your father or, more, or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. King James said, you're not worthy of me. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Boy, it's sobering, isn't it? Verse 38, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give uh, up your life for me, you will find it. Talking about the real Jesus. It sounds like he really wants to be put in first place. Sounds like he really does. Well, is this an anomaly? You know, is, is Jesus just saying this here? Are there other witnesses in the word of God that God really wants first place in your life? And that he's really serious about it? Sure. The same God of the New Testament, the same God as in the Old Testament. Let's consider also Exodus, the 20th chapter, the very first commandment that God gave. He said, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Still saying the same thing. Now, God's here is talking, is not only talking about demons on a stick or demons in a temple. As people worship these idols and other things. But this is also talking about people, because people can be also gods in your own lives. You can put other people before God. He said, you will have no other gods before me. Let's look also, you can make a note of this, Deuteronomy. Matter of fact, uh, this is out of New Living Translation. I love the way this reads. So you can read along with me if you want to Deuteronomy 13 or make a note of it. Deuteronomy 13, as we're beginning to close today. I think you're really getting the point here. To follow Christ, you got to count up the cost. You want to enter into eternal life with God? Then you've got to put your own thinking away. It is really his way or the highway. There is no compromise in Christ. There really is not. Man has tried to flavor it. But it is really white or black with God. It's either you're in or you're out. It's either up or it's down. There are no shades of gray. Pastor, you should have stayed in Mississippi. 
No, I'm back. Praise the Lord. Talking about the real Jesus. Because I'm really, I am really concerned and I want to really make sure that you understand who Jesus really is and what Jesus really said. Hallelujah. If it hurt your feelings, praise Jesus. If the truth hurts, then it needed to hurt. But the truth will also heal. Are you healing? Are you hearing? Are you healing? Praise God. Listen to, listen to Deuteronomy as we're closing out now. Deuteronomy 13. Listen to verse 6. Uh, I'm going to read verse 6 through 11 out of the New Living Translation. Listen to how it reads. It says this. Suppose someone secretly entices you, even your brothers, even your brother, your son or daughter, your beloved wife or your closest friend and says, let us go worship other gods. Gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known. They might suggest that you worship the gods of people who live nearby or, or, uh, or who come from the ends of the earth. But do not give in or listen. Have no pity and do not spare or protect them. Verse 9, you must put them to death. Thank God we're not living under the Old Testament anymore. But still look at the mind of God and how serious he is. Remember, the Father is life. There is no life apart from God. So if we're not in the service of life, then you will be in the service of death. And the father is just this serious about you. He says in the Old Testament, put them to death. It says, strike the first blow yourself. And then all the people must join in. You hit them, then everybody come along and you hit them. Thank God for the New Testament. Amen. Verse 10, stone the guilty ones to death. Because they have tried to draw you away from the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. Then all Israel will hear about it and be afraid, and no one will act so wickedly again. You got that right, Lord. This is so serious. The father is so serious from the Old Testament to the New Testament that he wants first place. And he says, if you want to follow me, and we're closing out here, if you want to follow me, then you have to forsake all and follow him. In comparison, the Lord's not telling mothers no longer feed your children. No, who does that help? He's not telling husbands no longer go home to your family. No. He's telling you, put him first in all things. Make his word first in all things. And then he will give you what you need for them. Does that make sense? Uh, and John 12, 25, it says this. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Last, let's look at Revelation 12 and 11 says this. 
A New Living Translation says, and they, talking about us that defeated the enemy, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimonies. King James says and by the word of their testimonies. And listen to the last part. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. That they were afraid to lose it all for the sake of Christ. So I'm telling you today, I'm not giving you a suggestion. I'm telling you today that if you want to receive God's riches and God's best in your life, put God first. Put Jesus first. Put Jesus first. I understand the sentiment about saying my kids always come first. My family always comes first. But what you're doing, you're making statements that are are out of order. You are, in essence, almost dethroning God, the one who is really providing for you, the one who is really taking care of you. You're saying, God, get down. Family, come on up. And then if we have time, God, we'll serve you. And because the life is upside down, it's difficult for rain to rain up. You hear me? Rain doesn't rain up. It rains down. So you have to put the father in proper priority. So no more of this. Uh, well, you know, I'm busy. Don't do that because you're actually messing up your own life. So if you're tired of being messed up and messed around, then it's time to put life back in proper order. Proper order. We need to repent before God. And we're going to have to ask him to help us to keep the order. Because if not, we'll just slip right back around to the same old thing again. This is something that is supernatural. It doesn't come easy to the flesh. It doesn't come easy to the flesh. Because we're in the flesh, we see things in the flesh, and we want to we put things first that we see. God is invisible. And it's going to take a supernatural move of his spirit to keep him in first place. Are you understanding? And ultimately, let me say this. Ultimately, this is true. He's not, I'm not saying put Jesus number one on the list. I'm saying he should be the list. You understand? Your whole life should revolve around him. In doing this, we set things in proper order and alignment. And when things are properly ordered, there is a flow. There is a flow. There's a reason why we're only getting the trickle-down blessings. There has to be a correct flow, everything in proper alignment. When the house is in alignment, the blessings will flow. The Bible gives the order for the entire household. It says, first of all, that Christ is submitted to God. The husband in the household, the husband is submitted to Christ. It says the wife is submitted to the husband and the children are in submission to their parents. When everything flows correctly, the blessings will flow. If anything is out of order, you're going to have a trickle down effect and not a complete flow. Y'all looking at me like mighty crazy. Let the truth of God bring you peace. We have to submit to what he's saying. Not him submitting to what we say. This is his house. This is his earth. This is his air that you're breathing right now. It's his air. 
It's his. This is his life that we're experiencing right now. It's his. We get this thing all messed up. We have to play by his rules. Everything else is an abomination. We submit to what he is saying. And in doing that, we'll find pleasures forevermore. We'll find the blessings that we need forevermore. Everything that you've been trying so desperately to get is there, but is there in right order. Everything you've been so desperately trying to get, trying to receive, you've been working so hard. Been, I mean, it's been so hard. It's been so terrible. You've been frustrated, been aggravated. God says, yeah, you can have it, but understand, it's there in right order. It will flow to you when your life is in right order. You won't have to go and hunt for it and beg for it and steal for it. You do that when things are not in right order. But when things are in order, it'll just flow straight to you. Are y'all ready to repent? Come on, stand to your feet if you can. In the name of the Lord. Those of you online, you can pray with us as well. We pray that you are richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.